This is a Detail Podcast. You have been cordially invited to Nakatomi Plaza for our annual Christmas party. Come to the coast. We'll gather together, have a few laughs. It is the 80s, so there will be plenty of alcohol and cocaine on hand, and some empty offices available for hooking up. There are also $640 million in negotiable bearer bonds on site, but rest assured, they will be locked in a vault that no terrorist would dare to crack into. That's right, folks. It's time to take off your shoes and put on your grimiest tank top. Load up on one-liners and join us as we explore the gripping and explosive world of Die Hard. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfuckers. Hello and welcome to Drink In Geek Out, a show where we drink beer and geek out. I am your host, Dustin, and alongside me is uh, Saf, and with me is Yippee Keith, and with me is <laughs> Pale McLean. <laughs> oh, that's a good. One. I'm the son of John. The other, or yeah, he has no the sons. other son. No, he does have <laughs> the other son. son. The other son. Today's episode is featuring beer from. Heretic, and we are talking about the best Christmas movie ever made, Die Hard. I would rather see Pale than Jai Courtney as his son. <laughs> oh, 120% agree. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Now for the beer. We have the Shallow Grave uh, Heretic. Uh, yeah, this one was on one of our lost episodes. Yeah, is that right? Making its second appearance. <laughs> one and only lost episode. First time on air. Wonderful. All right, so this is a porter. Is there anything special? Or is it it's a rich, smooth porter? All right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so we have 7% ABV and 33 IBUs. And our geek reference is the sub-level 33, which is the secret Apex lab that was involved in putting together Mecha Godzilla. And I picked that one because we have Godzilla stuff coming up in the mm-hmm. in the pipeline. So here we are. That's true. Yeah, that new movie just released and that movie or show is on Apple TV right now. Yep. Uh so off their website it says Shallow Grave Porter is a dark as night, perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Mm-hmm. This is a big dark ale with a complex and rich chocolate and caramel malt character, followed by a touch of warmth and light malt sweetness, leaving you ready for more after each shovel. You know, I think uh, John McClane stuck on the 33rd floor most of the movie. Uh, We're going to have to look into that. 32nd? Just 30th. It's all around there. I thought it was the party's on the 30th. Yeah, the party's in 30, right. but he's at the floor or two above He's that. two above, so yeah. 30, well. Because he climbed 30, up the elevator. Yeah. That's right? true. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, I know we got to chart this two out. Floors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Uh, you will love this so much. You'll have, you know, time to dig a six-footer to make a shallow grave, so you know, dig it. There you go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of shallow graves in this movie. Oh, for sure. Because you die hard. You get buried shallow. <laughs> uh, 
Taking a look at the can, this is very reminiscent. Uh, Saf, when you and I had this, it was a uh, bottle. Yeah. Um, and you'll see that in the pictures on Untapped, uh, at least the one I uploaded. I don't know if you take a picture or not, but... I can't remember. But we see the little heretic guy, the little devil guy with his eyes kind of on the side there. The good old-fashioned heretic logo. Very gothic-looking, English, hellish-looking text. The little flame on the eye for tick. That's pretty cool. Shallow Grave. I don't know how that's written. It's written the same way it is on the old one. Yeah, it's like a stamp Just like Yeah, a little stamp. Like a quick little casket. Just... Kind of, kind of looks like it's supposed to be like dirt. Oh yeah, that too. Oh yeah, that'd be interesting. Also, I checked it up. Four thirty three is when you first encounter John McClane. Is when he opens that stairwell door and decides which areas he can hide from the terrorists, which is floor thirty three. And then you meet he meets Carl. He's caught by Carl on the thirty fifth floor, and also meets Hans Gruber on the thirty fifth floor. Yeah. But it's the 33 floors where he spends most of his time. You are correct. <laughs> so I think the cans is pretty basic looking here. Yeah, it's, it's nothing special. Not but a whole lot. It does fit with a lot of their cans kind of look. It's They're all kind of in line with this. Yeah. It did win some awards, which is neat. But Yeah. As an embossing, can't really see in the light. So I'm not sure sometimes if you look at this can, you see it. But the eyes are dark enough that you should be able to see. Yeah. I'm just kind of pointing out based on what I saw in the in the camera feed. We had it in 2017, so it was the year after they won the the uh, silver medal. Yep, for robust porters. As long as this pour wasn't from 2017. <laughs> well, no, it's it's a year older, so but yeah, that's okay. Best Buy earlier this year, earlier in late September. Hmm, not bad at all. All right, smell wise. Oh wait, color, color first. Color, color, yeah. Uh, so the website gives us a color. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see if we match it. Um, let me pull up our yeah SRMs real quick, up. and I'm gonna uh, see. They say it is a Rambo's headband, uh, number thirty three, but it appears darker than that. Ooh, yeah, I think yeah. theirs is out of forty, and ours goes out of like sixty. Oh, that yeah. So if I normalize it, a 33 should be like a 45, if I'm normalizing correctly. So the T- T2's leather jacket, I still think ours is darker than that. Yeah, it does yeah. seem darker than that. But the, the rim, tell on here. like the rim of our glass or the mug, that is that color. There's a little light there. It's a little brown. That, a little yes, red. that's a 45. Yeah, that's true. But this one is much closer to like a, a K2SO than uh, a leather jacket. That's exactly sure. what I was going to say, a 49. Okay. I'm fine with that. K2SO, my favorite droid in all of Star Wars. <laughs> it's uh, the color of John McClane's tank top by the end of the movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it starts white, but it ends black. <laughs> it's his feet, his nasty feet. <laughs> That's <laughs> right around barefoot. Covered in blood. Step dried blood. Walking on broken glass. <laughs> All right, now I can do the smell test. Sniff. It smells roasty. Yeah, it does. it does. There's a little bit of like a cacao flavor on the nose, but it's very faint. Don't really like, smell too it much. Smells like cocaine. <laughs> from from <laughs> the, the Christmas party. Smells like the 80s. <laughs> 
the can smells bready or kind of biscuity, if you will. Yeah, kind of like a burnt rubber, like yeah. tires. Just a hint. Yeah, but with the bread oh, and yeah. stuff. Yeah, gross. Yeah, now that you've, <laughs> you've mentioned that, yeah. <laughs> And now it tastes like tires. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just like the roastedness that, yeah, because it's like burnt rubber has that kind of smoky smell. I can't unsmell it. <laughs> it smells like Ugh. Hans Gruber's blood <laughs> <laughs> splattered on the pavement. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's sip it up. Mm. Right away, chocolate. Yep, chocolate. So, yeah, chocolate. 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 Like a Hershey's kiss. Mm. Really bitter it's kind of Hershey's kiss. So, so sa- <laughs> sour chocolate is what you're going with. <laughs> it ends with that like kind of roasted uh, malt flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a very weird um, aftertaste to this. Yeah. It's not bad. I'm not hating it, but it is, it is there. It's kind of sweet. Right. Yeah. On, yeah. On the back end. Don't get me misconstrued when I say it's weird, because it is. Like anything, any aftertaste to me is weird. Like I hate having something that just kind of lingers, but it's yeah, it's pleasant. Yeah, I think as we drink more, it'll probably get better. As it yeah. warms, it'll probably smooth out too. Uh, Pale and I have been sitting here for forty-ish minutes now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. That's Mine's true. Only been about twenty. So that's. Uh, for for being warmer, I like it quite a bit. Yeah, I prefer it at this temperature. I mean, even give it like maybe ten more minutes would be even better. I really, I'm not sure exactly what ten minutes is going to do to this. Like, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's this room temp already. Yeah, mine's. I mean, I have computer right here. I have all these monitors, oh, like I'm, these yep. lights. I'm toasting in here, so <laughs> <laughs> ten more minutes might be. Boiling. <laughs> <laughs> Those bubbles aren't carbonation. They're bubbling. They're boiling. Uh, I'm supposed to let it simmer, not boil. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I don't. Ten minutes. I don't think is going to make that much of a difference to me. Um, I I've pretty much unlocked like superior flavor. I th- I think uh, where I am right now. Maybe get to the hour point. Maybe twenty more minutes. But I don't know. I would say there's a lot more going on here with this one than like other porters I've had. Just like mm-hmm. the aromas and then the back end, the aftertaste, like all that's like there's a little bit more characteristic. Right. I, I like it. I will say this reason we had to bring this beer back because when Keith and I did our tasting of it, it's the beer that kind of unlocked dark beers for me. Yep. I I got the f- taste for the the style by drinking this beer, and then so kind of we lost hits, the audience at my review. <laughs> yeah, so we had no proof that Saf liked this beer. <laughs> so like we're gonna have to review it again, and it's been so long, so I can't even remember what it tasted like. But right. I just remember it was really good, and it got me to drink stouts. And because I don't know, that was like year two or three of the podcast where I still wasn't really into them, and now mm-hmm. it's like one of my go tos. I still remember getting that beer. It was a gift from uh, one of the teachers that I worked with, and she is so computer illiterate. All I had to do was literally go make a copy of one of her documents for her because she thought she had to retype <laughs> everything. And she thought, oh, my God, 
it was the most amazing thing and bought me a six pack of beer for it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> this is normal computer stuff, lady. And she retired shortly thereafter. So it's like, yep. <clears throat> Makes sense. Uh, speaking of untapped, I think we've mentioned it. Yeah. Um, there are 20,500 um, ratings and the average is 3.84. Nice. I have six friends. Dang. Who check this in. But it looks like there is like 30 check-ins here, but there's only six unique check-ins. Uh, Joe King hmm. uh, checked it in six times. He bought a six-pack, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, average between his is a four. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Okay, so he did say something on this one. Maybe he just didn't want to check in and say something every six beers that he had. Only, oh, I only drink alone where no one can see me feeling low, where I can play the music loud, turn the house lights down low. <laughs> oh, I only drink alone. Okay. <laughs> he, wrote, he wrote a poem. Is that a lyrics? <laughs> kind of like a song lyrics. Drop a beat no. there. Was it a haiku? Been... No, definitely wasn't a haiku. <laughs> it rhymed. I wasn't counting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris Leland gave this a four. Uh, sharing this with a friend tonight. It is nice, roasty, and a little chocolatey. Very tasty. More Joe Kings. Another Chris Leland. You guys. And then Brad R. gave this a four and didn't say anything. I just have Chris L., which Dustin already read. You guys and Dubs Box gave it a four. I'm not seeing any other. As I scroll through here, nobody's commenting, so it's hard. Uh, Joseph yeah. Camacho says, smooth and rich, this beer leaves a taste of high percent dark chocolate in your mouth. And he gave it a three and a half. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. A little bitterness. Kristen Orr, not trying to be anything fancy and just focused on being the best porter it can be. And they gave it a four and a half. Saw that one, decided to skip it. And I regret it because I've been scrolling to nothing. That was the last one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm good to check this one in. Like, I, there's hardly anybody writing anything with the 20,000 check-ins. That's crazy. I know. That's sad. Bunch of Dustins. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't write anything on my check-in either, yeah. so I'm going to have to make it up now. I, I was actually before I started writing things. So. <laughs> yeah. It's early on. When I didn't know what to say. I did see that some of the pictures uh, that were on there that other people had of the cans, they had a black one instead of this, the white labeled one, which made it look a little bit mm. cooler. I'm still seeing bottles. Some people have bottles that are black, but I didn't see any black cans. I thought uh, Chris Leland, Stagon V6, I thought had a darker can on one of them. He probably did. He also had this a while ago. He's had everything, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. He does have that black can. Yeah, Joe King as well. Uh, twenty twenty two. Actually, a pretty cool looking can. If you guys want to see it. Yeah, yeah, I think the black can is better. It should be black. Yep. It's meant to be black. All right, I'm in. I can just tell you my rating from October seventh, twenty seventeen. I gave it a four point two five. I didn't say anything, but uh, I can tell you. I'm gonna stick with that score. I think that's pretty good it's slightly above like a four which is a normal porter just i like those extra little flavors they got in there mm -hmm. 
there's that nice little roastiness. There's a lot of that chocolate flavor that's really good. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely glad I get to drink this one again. It's a very solid porter. And we don't get a lot of porters this, these days. Mm-mm. Just all the big heavy stouts most of the time. Uh, I'll stick with my original rating because we had the same one back in the day with 4.25 <laughs> for exactly the same reasons. I know what a typical porter is at a lot of these places that you get, but this I think was one of the first ones that added more of the chocolatey, um, just something a little bit more to make it slightly sweet, I think, with that darker chocolate. Um, but it, it just it blends well, and it's more than just like you know basic porter. And with what would we say like twenty thousand check-ins? This has been around yeah. for a while, so it's definitely a go-to and a staple. It's a good one. I give it a four. I'm bothered by that aftertaste. Yeah, could be it's old. Yeah, I'm also bothered by the smell of the can. <laughs> um, but as for the flavor, the beer is pretty sound. Uh, clearly, for material. Um, just really depends on the rest of the things. If it gets higher than a four, um, I will drink this again for sure. That's not in question. Um, it drinks a lot like a stout to me. Hmm. It is very, I mean, I don't know what's keeping it from being a stout. It's high ABV at 7%. So I don't know, but hundred percent would drink again. And I gave it a 4.25. It's a, Sorry. <laughs> Fuck me. Am I right? You broke it. No, I, I was going to go low. I just stuck with my original one. I was going to put a four because it is a little <laughs> bit older. But anyway. This would be the first time that me and staff didn't agree and it, <laughs> and it broke the hand holding. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is my first check-in for this beer. So Yeah, same. I said very chocolatey and bitter up front with a smooth and sweet finish. I'm enjoying this one quite a bit. Very solid beer. And I would drink this 12 more times. <laughs> in a sitting. In, in one sitting. And then I would call it quits. Because you're dead. Yes. In a shallow grave. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a shallow grave now. We are taking this minor break to remind you all that you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok at Drink In Geek Out. Most of our socials are done through Instagram. We try to uh, do trickle down of post to Twitter and Facebook if you want to get a hold of us uh, or see what we're doing. Instagram is going to be the best thing for you. TikTok is just going to be fun. We're not going to try to be super serious about it, uh, but you can find some of our brewery trips and uh, our craft beer that we've been brewing ourselves on the TikTok. You can also find us on our website, drinkinggeekout.com. There we have our Geek SRM, our Geeky IBUs, our show notes, and other links to find out you know more about us or how to contact us. You can find us anywhere you listen to podcasts. And yes, I know you're currently listening to us, but what if you need a new venue? I'm sure we got one just for you. We got merch, t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, and more on Threadless at drinkingeekout.threadless.com and on TeePublic at tpublic.com slash store slash drinkinggeekout. We do have a Patreon. It's not super active, but we do have uh, levels of support that you could help us with. Uh, starting with like the super geek that gets you a shout out on the show and up to the uber geek we have pretty much forces us to dedicate an episode to you and there's plenty of rewards in the middle uh, as you grow up different tiers you do not have to support us to listen to the show but anything helps since we are free and will continue to be free to provide you the best beer content 
and geek content out there. And now, back to the show. All right. Die Hard is a 1988 American action film directed by John McTiernan and written by Jeb Stewart and Stephen D'Souza. Based on the 1979 novel Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. It stars Bruce Willis, Alan Rickman, Alexander Gudunov, and Bonnie Bedelia. With Reginald Vell Johnson, William Atherton, Paul Gleason, and Hart Bachner in supporting roles. Die Hard follows New York City police detective John McClane, who is caught up in a terrorist attack as a terrorist takeover of a Los Angeles skyscraper while visiting his estranged wife. Uh, Yeah, so speaking of the 1979 novel, Nothing Lasts Forever, if you want a good documentary uh they have the how did this get made ish like or mm-hmm. movies that made america or whatever the hell it's called on netflix they talk about die hard and they talk about that film and the main was the main character of nothing lasts forever was uh like like supposed to be like frank sinatra right is that do i, I have think that right frank sinatra portrayed him in a movie in like the 60s or something yeah so uh they had to go to him first to offer him the role before they could offer it to someone else because of some rights issue. So it could have been Frank Sinatra in like his 80s or whatever, <laughs> how old he would have been. Whoa. <laughs> but it's wild. So that just like hearing that 1979 novel just reminded me of that documentary. And I was like, yeah, with the, yeah I remember yeah, watching that too. To bring that so I might have some of the details slightly wrong because it was a few years ago when I watched oh, it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's but, what I kind of remembered. Yeah. Continuing on, Stewart was hired by 20th Century Fox to adapt Thorpe's novel in 1987. His draft was greenlit immediately by Fox, which was eager for a summer blockbuster the following year. The role of McLean was turned down by a host of a decade's most popular actors, including Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone. Known mainly for work on television, Willis was paid $5 million for his involvement, placing him among Hollywood's highest-paid actors. The deal was seen as a poor investment by industry professionals and attracted significant controversy prior to its release. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his TV work was basically like almost like soap opera-y, like love love story. Uh, wasn't known for action at all. He just looked the part. I've been watching Moonlighting because uh, it's just yep. hit Hulu. And yep. uh, that's, yeah, it was that's, what he was doing like right around the time yep. when he got this role and. He's a detective in there, but like a private detective, and he's kind of just a fast-talking kind of car salesman type, that kind of vibe to him. So it makes sense why they were scared of him. Like, the first poster for this movie, they didn't even put him on it. It was just a shot of the tower with some words. Right. <laughs> and then, I guess after the movie was a hit, then they put a new poster with his face on it. Yeah, didn't they want Sybil Shepard for this movie, too? I imagine she was supposed to be the Bonnie Bedelia role. Expectations for Die Hard were low. Some marketing efforts omitted Willis's image. Ostensibly because the marketing team determined that the setting was as important as McLean. Upon its release in July 1988, initial reviews were mixed. Criticism focused on its violence, plot, and Willis's performance. While McTiernan's direction and Rickman's Charismatic portrayal of the villain Hans Gruber were praised, def- praised defying predictions. Die Hard grossed approximately 140 million, becoming the year's 10th highest grossing film and the highest grossing action film. 
receiving four Academy Award nominations. It elevated Willis to leading man status and made Rickman a celebrity. This type of movie does not get Academy Award nominations no. today. No, no, not at all. Too much out there. Die Hard has been critically re-evaluated and is now considered one of the greatest action films and Christmas movies. It is considered to have revitalized the action genre, largely due to its depiction of McLean as a vulnerable and fallible protagonist, in contrast to the muscle-bound, invincible heroes of other films of the period. Retrospective commentators also identified and analyzed its thematic concerns, including vengeance, masculinity, gender roles, and American anxieties over foreign influences. The film produced a host of imitators. The term diehard became a shorthand for plots featuring overwhelming odds and a restricted environment, such as Die Hard on a Bus. <laughs> it speed. Yeah. yeah, Speed. <laughs> It created a franchise compromising the sequels, Die Hard 2, Die Hard with Vengeance, Live Free or Die Hard, and A Good Day to Die Hard, plus video games, comics, and other merchandise. Deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant by the United States Liberty of Congress, Die Hard was selected for preservation in the National Film Registry in 2017, the same year we got this beer. Uh, <laughs> due to its Christmas setting or Christmas Eve setting, Die Hard is often named one of the best Christmas mo- films, although its status as a Christmas film is disputed <laughs> by idiots. <laughs> There's Christmas music in the credits. Yeah. The first song is like Christmas in Harlem or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's at a Christmas They're, party on Christmas Eve. Yeah. What more do you need? Santa? Do you need him to wear like a, a beard, like a white beard or something? There's, there's tape on his back that says ho, ho, ho. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. He writes on that guy's shirt. Now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 and puts a little Santa hat on it. <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> more Christmassy than this movie. Yeah, I mean, come on. You you put the plot to this movie up against the plot of any Hallmark movie, and you're like, they're about, they're about the same. That's they're, true. they're even. <laughs> I don't care that a lady owns a bakery and she doesn't like Christmas. <laughs> oh my god! That's what all those movies are oh, yeah. about. But I have all these cookie orders I gotta fill. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. Uh, I was reading something the other day. Um, it was like a Siskel or Ebert. I don't know which, but they gave it a thumbs down. <laughs> they were not a fan of this movie because of the FBI agents, like. Whatever that guy's role was, yeah. like turned him off of the movie. <laughs> I was like, that's such a small part to have, like, not like this movie because of that. I mean, most of the the cop, it was just so stereotypical, like versions yeah. of FBI agents, and you know, the chief who doesn't know what the hell he's doing, and the good cop that just gets shit on all the time. But it's just, yeah, it, it was definitely an eighties movie. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But like the like you, Dustin said in his little paragraph, it kicked off a whole slew of Die Hard type movies. There's Die Hard on a plane with Air Force One, and Die Hard at a hockey game with some Jean Claude Van Damme movie. There's just like they did everything with it, and I love all those movies. <laughs> and I think Bruce Willis is there's not a, another actor that could do this role just because of his uh like sense of humor and also that he's just 
a normal guy. He's going bald. He's not like a big muscle bound freak. Yeah. That you, he looks like he's getting hurt left and right. He's you don't know if he can make it out alive. And then I feel like the rock recently said he wanted to remake this movie. It would not work no, with the rock. No, he's no, just going to go throw all. people through walls and yeah. he's never going to be in danger. I'm That's, an average what makes cop. This movie cool. Like, no, you're yeah. not <laughs> <laughs> like you intimidate everybody around you. That's not what John McLean did at all. He was just yeah. Yeah. surviving a loud mouth, New Yorker. Yeah, put that part well. in, out of yeah, fish out of water because he's in LA, he's like, oh, California, LA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's where they fuck up some of the later sequels, and they just make Bruce Willis a Terminator essentially, right. and he he can like jump off of planes and do anything, and he's never hurt. He's he he bleeds, but he doesn't limp or act like it ever hurts him. So yeah. it's like those movies are bad, but. First one's great. Yeah, he's just the right guy in the wrong place. <laughs> yeah, that was the whole thing. Mm -hmm. I think it's like the uh, the predecessor or the the main good guy with a gun mentality. Yeah, there's that, a lot of that. So, yeah. Probably the only negative I have about this film. It works in that time period only. I don't know what it would be like if they tried to remake this movie. I imagine they will eventually. I could I could see it being redone, but not. I mean, I mean, he was a cop, so yeah. I, I could <laughs> see it working kind of as long as you know you get rid of the the whole eighty eighties vibe out of it. But other than that, I I think it could work. I don't think it would be well accepted, but it could work. Yeah, it, I saw a rumor going around that John Krasinski was going to take up the role. <laughs> oh, it was just like a, a AI generated poster or something that. Because he, oh, he did that. the Jack Ryan series. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be the same. Yeah. No, no one can do it like Bruce. But I'd probably still see it. Did anybody in the movie like ever try to go up against Gruber? Like, are they just like all the hostages? Did anybody try? I can't remember. I, I think yeah, it was well, just all not to fight, but to talk and be a dumbass. That one yeah. guy. Yeah. That one guy. <laughs> yeah, the coke guy. Coke oh, guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He, but he just tries to worm his way out of yeah. it, and <laughs> yeah. like typical Hans Booby. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking maybe William Atherton's character, but I don't think he did either. He's just—he's not even at—he's outside being the reporter. He doesn't even ever yeah. see him. Or the leader of the tower yeah, kind of stood but up. I guess but it, yeah, not I like guess physically. William Atherton's character was just a, the same old dick character that he is <laughs> always. <laughs> It was hilarious and, uh, when him and Hans Gruber like they meet face to face. But and he's like, like, "Oh, don't shoot me! You're one of them." Me, and and he's like, like, "What the hell are you doing up here?" <laughs> oh, I loved that. Oh, uh, no, oh no, 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 don't shoot! Don't shoot! <laughs> I, I like how he kind of tricks him to figure out that he is a bad guy. He's like, oh, no, I didn't give you a loaded gun, Can't you fucking No, oh, no bullets. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think I'm fucking stupid? Yep, exactly. <laughs> like, Jesus, man. <laughs> but I guess uh, in this, it's subtle, but he's smoking German cigarettes that he stole off of one of the dead bodies, and they're a lot stronger than American cigarettes. So when Han takes a drag from the cigarette that he offers him, he doesn't, like, flinch or anything that it, or act like it's out of the ordinary. So that's kind of cool. Ah, that like, oh, this guy is not who he says he is. Hmm. Right. If Clown you were really American, you would have been, you would have you felt like, the oh, difference. What the heck is this? Yeah. 
Yeah, what are the what are the off chance like percentage that this American smokes German cigarettes? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's very would be rare, especially if you're being held hostage by German terrorists. It's you know that's like the one superpower uh, John McClane does have. He always can like sense when something's off and like like, like something bad's about to happen. Detective. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it definitely has like an Indiana Jones vibe too. Like. Yeah. Germans are always the bad guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my favorite character of the bad guys is the computer hacker guy. Yeah. He's pretty good. His his mm. quotes are so funny. Like <laughs> uh just like when he's talking, it's almost like he's just like riffing, but he's just like Oh yeah. I can't he think of anything right. <laughs> yeah. He reminded me of uh, LeVar Burton. Yeah. I feel like that. He could have played that role. I read somewhere that George Takei wanted to play Mr. Takagi. Oh, that would be cool. The owner of Nakatomi Plaza. Oh, that would be cool. cool. And then in the second one, we got the other another Star Trek character in Cole Meany who crashes one of the planes. So, And I think there's a Star Trek character in the third one as well. I think one of my favorite parts is just the walkie-talkie communication between al pal whatever his name is and mm-hmm. john mcclain the whole movie and, and that him like basically anybody john mcclain talks to on the walkie-talkie he's nice to al and then he's just like fuck you to everybody else whoever yes. <laughs> talks to him <laughs> put the other guy back on <laughs> yeah that would yeah. be something like if they ever did a remake i mean it was all based on the 80s technology. It's like we mm-hmm. were if anybody with a cell phone would have called the cops. Yeah. Like the, the whole premise of it is just like completely shot. Cuz they cut the phone lines at the beginning of the tower, but you could just like use your phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure it's the 80s somebody had to have one of those big brick phones in this fancy office. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I uh can't remember his name, but I remember his breakfast club name and that's Richard Vernon. Yeah, the, the FBI <laughs> guy in this. Yeah. No, the I thought he was the or he's the chief, the, the police chief or whatever. Police chief, yeah. Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yes. John, Johnson, Agent Johnson and Agent Johnson. Yeah. Uh <laughs> no I, I just love like to to your point about how he's like nice to like Al but says fuck off to everybody else. <laughs> it it uh, Richard Vernon, I don't know his name. <laughs> uh <laughs> He's a dick. <laughs> like, yeah, he is. He definitely deserves it. Like, he's like, you listen here, pal. I don't know what you're doing. He's like, we're going to get everyone killed up there. <laughs> he's like, I've already took out 12 of uh, <laughs> terrorists. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> all he did was get people killed down there. Yeah. As they try to, like, storm the gates and they all get, like, mowed down. Right. Anything else about the first movie? Should we talk about the other ones real quick? Yeah. I think one little quick point. I like all the death scenes. Oh, the, like all of the, I, it's like squibs, all of the gunshot wounds, all of the violence. It works so well because it's practical and it's not like CGI yeah. blood and all that. Yeah. yeah. So Carl's death was good. Tony's death was good. I don't remember if Theo dies. Uh, no, he is in the parking garage and Argyle runs into him with the limo. Oh, that's right, yeah. But he doesn't kill, because he's like in the van trying to escape and he just wrecks into the van. So I think he survives, but he's smushed in that van. 
Yeah, wasn't uh, it like he a, punched him after that? Yeah, he knocked him out. So yeah, yeah, after he right. ran, yeah. wasn't it like an emergency vehicle that he was trying to? Yeah, it was a fake ambulance, only, I think. Yeah, yeah, ambulance. They unloaded it out of this truck. Mm-hmm. Where you're like, how did that truck get in there? Like, <laughs> I think that was one of the things on the that documentary I saw. They were kind of confused. Like, you literally saw into that van not too long ago, and then all of a sudden you're rolling a truck out of it, like. I right. <laughs> I, I, yeah, at the beginning of the movie, there's no truck in there. And then at the end of the movie, all yeah. of a sudden there is a truck. <laughs> yeah. And I think there was some cut scene with Argyle actually going inside. To, but uh, because there's a moment where there's uh, John McClane does something on the 30th floor to make like a big gunshot or something. And he's like, tell me you heard that Argyle. He's, yeah. he's not going to hear that. He's in the parking garage under the building. Yeah. <laughs> there's no way he hears like you're shooting. Unless, but I, yeah, I, well, it was after the phone was cut, so maybe he thought that yeah he could hear it through the phone. But but I think there was some trivia where he did infiltrate the building to help in some way, and then they cut it because it created problems later in the script. Yeah, I like how at the was at the end that Argyle like busted out while all the cops and everyone else is around, and he's going like <laughs> seventy miles an hour, and, yes, and just game. one cop is he's ready to shoot, and it's just like, no, he's with me, no, it's no, good. He's with me. Like no one else is freaking out that this car just busted out. There's terrorists still around everywhere. It's just like, yeah. no, that's okay. Well, he's Carl, with me. <laughs> Carl comes out with his machine gun, yeah. and just, like after he's like survived being choked to death and then exploded up on the yeah. roof, <laughs> and. Uh, the only person to react is Al. Is a, yeah. <laughs> Blows him away. I killed a kid. <laughs> I would like to see Gruber's body after he hit the ground. <laughs> like, is his arm like like yeah, twisted up? Or is his leg all like facing another direction? Well, I just felt like it was, you know, old Dumbledore falling off and Snape shot him, but it's like, well, role <laughs> reversal. <laughs> <laughs> there was a piece of trivia about him falling i guess there was like a 30 foot drop they re- filmed him like over green screen so he falls on like a mat but they didn't tell him when they were going to release him so his reaction is real when he's oh, falling because no. he wasn't expecting to be dropped right at that moment that's that's pretty pretty cool. no <laughs> that would scare the poop out of me yeah <laughs> trying to piss my pants immediately <laughs> All right, it is probably a good time to move along. Yeah, we could do that. Die Hard 2. All right. After the terrifying events in L.A., John McClane, or Bruce Willis, (laughs) is about to go through it all again. A team of terrorists led by Cole Stewart, or Colonel Colonel Stewart, Stewart, William Sadler, is holding the entire airport hostage. The terrorists are planning to rescue a drug lord from justice. In order to do so, they have seized control of all electrical equipment affecting all planes. With no runway lights available, all aircrafts have to remain in the air. With fuel running low, McLean will need to be fast. And light the fuel on fire. (laughs) I did not watch this one all the way through. I watched a recap of this one. (laughs) <laughs> it's about as far as I got on my prep for this. But I found it interesting when uh, – it's not quite the same formula, but McLean's still kind of, you know, the everyman in that situation, yep. still trying to do the right thing before they turned him into, you know – the Yeah, this one's still like he's normal. A normal, yeah. Trying to figure it out. and mm-hmm. He has a, more help this time. He's not like alone, but he, he is kind of still trapped in – it's an airport now instead of a building. Mm-hmm. 
with the worst airport staff. <laughs> no <laughs> yes. Everybody is like, stop, stop trying to be a hero. <laughs> I don't care about what you did in Nakatomi. Uh, it's like, I fought terrorists before. What have you done? You Exactly. Uh, uh, airport security. And the, the thing I, I saw about this too is that he didn't, like the best part of the first movie was his dialogue with the main bad guy. Yeah. And in this movie, I guess he talks to him for one sentence and they really don't see each other the whole movie. Yeah. It, he doesn't even know he's a bad guy yeah. when he speaks to him because they just like pass each other in the airport, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of disappointing in that regard. I don't really remember watching this movie. I remember the thing about planes and that's about it. Um, but I did watch, I mean, this probably like a good uh, 20 years ago. Yeah. Like what was what year did Die Hard two come out? Like I don't remember. 91? I remember being a kid. 90. 90. 90. Just, just flight old ninety. I was I was three years old when this movie came out. Well, that's no excuse. <laughs> yeah, come I on. I should have tried harder. <laughs> Grow up. Watch harder. Faster. It's yeah. still a Christmas movie. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, they're at the airport oh, Christmas is, time. Yep. Yeah. I missed out on the greatest Christmas movie ever. Sequel. Uh, ever. Greatest. Not made. <laughs> Christmas sequel. It's yeah. I feel like this one is cornier. lacked a strong villain. Yeah, yeah a little cornier, cornier. It was more about the action, and it was a little bit crazy. I think with some of the action. Well, they kept introducing like new villains. Is the problem like uh, yeah. the one guy, and then they introduced like oh the the guy from the army who thinks there's the help twist. He's also a bad guy, and then they're here to uh, get a hostage or not a hostage. Uh, prison transfer and then th so there's another bad guy that shows up towards the end of the movie mm. uh, from the prisoner plane it's like well stop introducing like who, which one's the main villain just who main, we don't even focus know on main, one main one yeah. yeah yeah i think like the the hostage or not really hostage the the rescue is like that's the story but that's not i don't i wouldn't call him the main villain i just think that he would turn into a main villain if he got out yeah <laughs> you probably you know make sure he doesn't do that Overall, I really think it's a solid sequel. It does a lot of the stuff you want it to, and it also adds new elements to it. And it's not just like, oh, now he's trapped in this another building and dealing with m more things. Hmm. It opens up the world a little bit more, makes it a bit bigger. Right. <laughs> it doesn't really work after nine eleven because he's like running around with a gun in an airport and right. just like going in through bag. <laughs> Like through the baggage claim and just like doing whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty close to the same formula as the first one with a few new things added. Different scenario, different location completely. I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is the better sequel. Mm. I agree. That's my number two favorite. <laughs> it's the same. It's the Vengeance. One. John McClane and a Harlem store owner, Samuel L. Jackson, are targeted by German terrorist Simon, played by Jeremy Irons, mm. in New York City, where he plans to rob the Federal Reserve Building. I almost made the joke saying, what, does it have Sam Jackson in it? Yep. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> I, I guess I wasn't joking. I guess I remembered that correctly. <laughs> Neato. <laughs> So this one finally sees John McClane in his home territory of New York, but now he's just like in the whole city. It's not just trapped in a little place trying to deal with terrorists. He's got the whole city to deal with. Mm. And he's it's a sort of a buddy cop thing, even though Samuel L. Jackson's not a cop, but them two are pretty much teamed up 
most of the movie to take down these terrorists. I think he gets pulled in because he knows Harlem better than John, and he was just a good asset at the time. Yeah. And, well, and then he helps him when he's wearing that offensive sign. And yeah. He's like, oh, the good Samaritan. Mm-hmm. And so now uh, Jeremy Irons is like, the reason he's like, you better bring that guy along <laughs> or else I'll kill you or something like that. So they like ham fist away to keep Sam Jackson in the movie. John McClane is a New York City cop. Harlem is New York City. Yeah. That doesn't make sense to me. Like, (laughs) he doesn't know Harlem very well. (laughs) A New York City cop. You're you're telling me that your beat never took you to Harlem? (laughs) (laughs) Harlem is like 10 minutes north of Manhattan. (laughs) But uh, I think Sam Jackson was a former cab driver, so he's got like some sort Mm. of knowledge there, too. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I understand having the black character show you yeah, around the black area of, a, of New York, but like, yeah. it's it's wild to me to think like a New York City cop wouldn't know part of New York City. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know it makes me wonder like how good of a cop is he really? If he, <laughs> yeah. he took down two different terrorist gangs. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good, but no, he's a pretty good killer. <laughs> yeah, he's a handy yeah, with a gun. He's a good killer. How is he as a cop? Is what he asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, I never. He's never read a Miranda rights to one of these. That's people, true. So he no, has never. <laughs> All he has is a badge and a gun, and yeah, and he, he uses the gun kill. more than the badge. <laughs> yes, for sure. He's <laughs> an unlucky cop. But uh, we find out Jeremy Irons is Hans Gruber's brother. Oh, and yes. now he's got a vengeance. That's where the vengeance comes in. So he's just fucking with Bruce Will or John McClane the whole movie because of that. But then he's also because he's a Gruber, he's also out just to steal a bunch of money. But I love that it's uh, there's a bunch of like riddles and shit they have to solve. That's my favorite part. And of the so movie. they're just running around the city solving these riddles yep. and trying to. And, Simon uh, says, and then you have to yeah, figure out what is he saying. Like, what do we need to Simon's do? Simon's just keeping them yeah. busy while he does his other plot. I've seen this. Is once. this? I don't is this the movie that has? Uh, Kevin Smith as the no, that's the next that's the next one. one. Wow. See, I'm trying to put these all together. Yep. This one you should rewatch. This one's this one is is really, the closest to the first yeah, one. Really, in really quality. good. And I wish they would have brought Sam Jackson back for any of the other two after this, because it's a massive like drop oh, in like huge. side characters. As soon <laughs> as he shaves his head bald, he's a different character. Yes, <laughs> I guess the Vin Diesel effect. Uh, yeah, a hundred percent. I'm God. I can't in, die. In Live Free or Die Hardy, literally uses a car to take out a helicopter. <laughs> Vin Diesel does that same shit every day. <laughs> uh, take out helicopters. Fuckers going to space. <laughs> yeah, speaking of Live Free or Die Hard, that was a Fast and the Furious movie. Or it could have uh, been. Yeah, the Fast and the Furious it's franchise. very close. Yes. It it's it kind of wants to be it's it's I think it's Fast Five before Fast Five. <laughs> yeah, Wait, which ones live free or die hard? Which one is that? That's the Kevin Smith one. That's the next one on the list. Justin Long, the ha- the hacker. Yeah, John McClane and Young Hacker. Justin Long joined voices voices, voices. to take down <laughs> <Voices>. master cyber <laughs> terrorist Thomas Gabriel, played by Timothy Oliphant, in Washington D.C. Is that Josh Duhamel? No, no, Timothy, Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> the better of the two. 
Uh, that's debatable. <laughs> uh, if you've seen Justified, I've not. Mm. Oh, that's I've a, seen mm-hmm. a great show. I've seen Transformers. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> better than Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> Put it that way. <laughs> uh, oh shit! Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this one it tries to go. It's after Y2K, and now it's all computers, and John McClane's like a f- old fossil. He's still in his old 80s ways, just wanting to shoot people. And yeah. yeah. They're all like behind a computer screen, that type of terrorist now. The 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 Kevin Smith part of this movie, like being behind the computer in a secret, le- de- len- uh, secret layer dungeon-ish thing, with like shit everywhere just gives like Dennis Nedry vibes. Oh yeah. Uh to like computer like no wonder Kevin Smith had a heart attack. Like <laughs> come on. Well like every line of dialogue John McClane says towards uh Kevin Smith is some comment on his weight. Fat shaming. No wonder I didn't yep. remember this movie very well. Blotted that out. <laughs> And it also introduces John McClane's daughter, who is played by uh, Elizabeth Winstead or whatever her name is. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Mm. Oh, who uh, was in uh, Mandalorian. Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yes. Ahsoka. Same universe. Yeah. Or or <laughs> or more importantly, she was in Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> yep. And she was and she... in Harley Quinn. Uh, Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey yes. yes. And 10 Cloverfield Lane. Yep. We can keep going. No. Uh, and... Black Christmas, the reboot, remake. Yeah. yeah. I, I lose this game. <laughs> These are just off the top I of my head. I don't even know who you're talking about. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we listened to all of her credits. I know, but I remember people in those movies, but I. Uh, <laughs> well, she was yeah. young, though. She was very young. Yeah. She yeah. was, she was also in a couple Quentin Tino movies. She was in Death Proof and yeah, I, Planet Terror. She was in both of them. I knew she was in one of them. The thing with this one, like, I just felt like the pacing was a little bit too slow. Yeah, um, and they're just they keep going to like these different places, and then they blow up, and then they move on to a different place, and then blow. That yeah, up. it's just <laughs> like, like I kind of it's like just pick a place, lose and interest until yeah. like it gets kind of closer to the end, like when they but the daughter gets kidnapped. Yeah. And then they, they catch up with him, and then all of a sudden he gets away, and now there's a chase, and a jet shows up. A jet, <laughs> yes. And he's driving that John McClane gets on top of the jet, yeah. and he's surfing it around. <laughs> oh it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's a Fast and the Furious movie. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but this movie is 110% better than A Good Day to Die Hard. <laughs> I don't remember this one very it's, well. I just wa- I, I hated it the first time I watched it, but so I rewatched it like last weekend and I was like I know it's bad I'm just gonna enjoy it for what it is and I hated every <laughs> still second of it again you still couldn't enjoy the badness yeah. oh man I'm glad I didn't make this it this one, far then <laughs> yeah stop after three I mean four is okay it's not a good diehard movie but it's a fine uh, Bruce Willis movie late late era Bruce Willis movie but in the fifth one John McClane travels to Russia to help out his seemingly wayward son Jack played by Jai Courtney only to discover that Jack is a CIA operative working undercover, causing the father and son team up against underworld forces. Uh, this one, Jai Courtney sucks. Uh, Bruce Willis sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like Jai Courtney like 
as I don't like him all. in anything. I mean, he's I, fine I, in Suicide Squad as like the side. I mean, yeah, that's a good role for him, but just ha- makes like witty remarks. But as a main character, he's always bad. <laughs> yes. Um, the stories really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The directing is awful. It, like everything is shaky cam, so you can, it's hard to tell. Like there's some good action scenes, like car chases and whatnot, but you can't tell what's happening because the camera is shaking so bad and it's like directed so awfully that you can't even follow who's in what car (laughs) oh my god uh then they go to chernobyl at the end and there's like some line about i they should be immediately melted from the radiation but (laughs) 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 they would all have cancer by the end of the day but they're just walking around in their tank tops and nothing's harming them and they're Terrorists are like, oh, th- use the C2 formula. That'll wipe out the radiation. <laughs> and just, they just make some shit up to explain why they're able to walk around there. Jeez. But it's it's so stupid. Was it supposed to like set up the future? Is this guy it taking was, the mantle and it just... Yeah, because he, he, he's John McClane's son. He's John McClane Jr. or Jack McClane. He's going to be supposedly carrying along the franchise. But this movie's so bad that... I think I just forgot all about it after they released it. Yeah. It did so good it at the was, box office. It did not so well in America, but like overall, it made quite a bit of money. I can't imagine it did well in Russia because he's just blasting away Russians left and right. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> in the one uh, car chase, he's just running over civilians. He's he like drives off a bridge onto a bunch of cars, and he's just smushing cars on yes. the highway. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and that's that's the good guy. <laughs> No regard. Yeah, that doesn't not protection anymore. Just murder. Just murder everybody. Everybody must die. You and Americans and cowboys. <laughs> Hate to end it on a bad note, but uh, I did want to. I was thinking of recasting Jai Courtney and like just some actors around his age from his that time, and I thought Chris Pine would have been a way better choice, but. He was in the middle of doing the Star Trek movies, so mm. he would have been busy. So the my second choice was Riot Wyatt Russell, who is Kurt Russell's son. Ooh, They're I like that. The, basically the same age, and it also is like a inside joke because he's Kurt Russell's son, and now he's John McClane's son. Hmm. I thought mm-hmm. That would have been way better. Yes. And then my other final choice was Sebastian Stan. He's just. Better at like the one-liners and more charismatic on screen than Jai Courtney ever is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm looking but, at the theoretic theor, theor, theater poster. Fuck, I can't say that. <laughs> theater. Theatrical release Theatrical. poster. Fuck, there it is. Okay, <laughs> there we go. Um, he looks pretty good in that film. But I think Shia LaBeouf would have looked way better in that poster. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> it, but I feel like Shia LaBeouf is too Justin Long. Uh, and after coming off of that yeah. uh, previous movie, he, he would have been too much of that same character. They should have just made Justin Long his son in the previous movie. And then, because uh, the whole thing is Jai Corton doesn't like his dad. He doesn't even call himself McLean. Right. He doesn't, he calls his dad John the whole movie. So, but he goes into basically the same job as him. So it's yeah. like, no, you, why not become a hacker like Justin Long and do like the complete opposite? Yeah. Oh, I was right. Shia LaBeouf and Jai Courtney have the same birth year. 86. Yeah. Perfect. Let's do it. 
Oh, we're all the same age. That's frightening. <laughs> you guys, well, you know, could have been. Old, I would have. Yeah, we could have. Yeah, been. pale. Pale already did, said he was. <laughs> I'm pale, pale McLean. Pale McLean. There you go. Uh, you just put my face on that poster. <laughs> Don't do it. Sass gonna do that now. <laughs> He's gonna do it, it on Instagram. <laughs> Really, they should have just dropped the whole son thing altogether. They don't need the family dynamic. Just bring Sam Jackson back and have yeah. them go on a mission yeah, together. Yes. Well, I yes. think they were calling back to the first movie where the kids were there. They were in, in it, it, but, but off yeah. screen. But obviously this dude has family issues if he can't keep his wife. So yeah. it's like he's he obviously yeah, an he... asshole. New York cap. So. Um, but um, after, how, how many times did they say asshole in the third movie? <laughs> like a million, times. a million times like you're an asshole no you're an asshole you're back and forth dustin's i'm sure in, looking it up in Try uh, to, yeah. a good day to die hard he says jesus christ like every line i feel Jeez. like every time like every is that one a christmas <laughs> movie too it would make sense <laughs> I don't know. it's just a, uh, it's a <laughs> well here uh i wrote this down so i'll read it while Dustin does whatever he's doing. Um, my fan film version of Live Free or Die Hard would bring back Reginald Bell Johnson by having the hacker be Steve Urkel. And Ooh. instead of going to Kevin Smith, they go to Urkel's former neighbor, who is Carl Ren- Winslow. Who's the cop? But- <laughs> and Ooh. he's just Al Pal. He's been in witness protection this whole time, living next to Steve Urkel. Oh. And... Uh, it just ties all that together. Yeah, there is see. that there is that theory that that's floating around that it's the same character, same universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh I couldn't find the assholes count uh <laughs> the uh F word in the first Die Hard is uh fifty times, sixty three times in Die Hard Two and ninety three times in Die Hard with a Vengeance. So I have the <laughs> F word counter. Wow. Jeez. Zero times in Live Free Die Hard because it was PG thirteen. Even the yeah. Yippie motherfucker has a gunshot go off during fucker. So you, it just says Yippie mother. Boom. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, and then I have a quote that I found that is from the regular Die Hard that popped up, even though that wasn't what I searched for. And John McClane says. Nine million terrorists in the world, and I gotta kill the one with smaller feet than my sister. <laughs> yeah, that's a good line. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I guess I didn't really know what the search for, but I found how many times did they say <laughs> the fuck word. All right, let's go. Well, I guess I'll have to go back and watch the third one. Pale's gonna have to take his own. <laughs> his and own we'll, re- we'll recap on the next time we record. There you go. Sounds good. Keep firing, assholes. (laughs) (laughs) Dustin's going to have to rewatch it, too. Seems like he's not seen it. Oh, I saw it, but long, long, long time ago. Yeah, I don't know. I even That's a that's a Fourth of July movie, I think. Well, it's a some I don't know when. Yeah, I can't remember. Fourth one's a Fourth of July movie. The third one's kind of just like a it's like a hot summer day, but their kids are in school because there's like a bomb in the school. So (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I was looking at my collection, and I only have Die Hard, the movie. I don't have any of the other stuff, which I guess I didn't want to spend the money on it. <laughs> no, that makes sense. I also, I I couldn't find it. I wanted to get it to look through it, but I have uh, Die Hard Year One, the graphic novel, which is like 
before Nakatomi Plaza when he was just a, like a rookie cop. It's in one of my boxes somewhere of goodies, but unfortunately, all I have is Die Hard Christmas. That's it's awesome. Like a, nice. It's a kid's book, but it, I'll just read like the first page. Towards the night before Christmas and up in the tower, everyone was partying except for one wallflower. John McClane missed his wife. Things just weren't the same since Holly had moved west and changed her last name. He tried to win her back, but still she said no, while unbeknownst to them, there was trouble below. And then you can see like the terrorists coming in. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but the, it's really good. You could see it like there's the ho ho now i have a machine gun scene <laughs> oh my gosh that's awesome but it's all in like uh watercolor kids book that's great throwing the guy out the window landing on the car below <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it's all written like in the twas the night for before christmas christmas uh mm-hmm. pentameter or whatever yep. that i like it. it's really it's really fun but that's all i got i think for this same uh, now that we've talked about Die Hard, we've talked about th- my three favorite movies. Oh, we haven't talked about my one, number one favorite movie yet, so we still got to do that episode. Hmm. Hmm. You guys can probably guess what it is if you know anything about me. My love for the 80s and time travel. Back oh, to yeah. the future. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yes. Morty. Oh, wait. Add those points Marty. to the bonus <laughs> game. <laughs> but since we did Jurassic Park, we did Indiana Jones, and now we've done Die Hard. Okay, the future's the only thing left. Mm-hmm. There you go. For me. And we're getting to my favorite Friday the 13th eventually. That, that's my number five. <laughs> Which one is that? It's part six. Part, part we six. We got a while to get there. Jason lives. Okay. Again. <laughs> like every movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Happy... Uh, 35th anniversary of Die Hard. That's why we're doing this, actually. Should have mentioned that earlier. Um, and until next time, drink, drink up, up and, and yippee kaye, motherfuckers. Yippee kaye. <laughs> and happy Hanukkah. Geekers. <laughs>